Hello and welcome to the WordPress Chick Podcast. Brought to you by the WPChick.com. WordPress explained for those of us who get headaches when we hear words like PHP and functions, but want to make money with their WordPress sites. No boring code snippets here. Just WordPress happiness made easy. Now, here's your host, Kim Doyle, the WordPress Chick. So have you guys ever connected with somebody and immediately you just knew, like, I dig this person. <laughs> We're going to be friends. This is, this is a connection that I know is, is, is going to last. That's what happened with today's guest. And so I'm totally excited, which <laughs> part of me feels like that happens often, but it doesn't really. And, um, so I'm super excited today. I've got Christine Sheehy on the, the show today and I just, I want you to listen to the interview, but I, what I want you to do is stay on until the very end because not only is Christine brilliant and just an awesome human being, you're going to adore her. Um, but we're going to do a webinar and you're going to get a little taste of what we're going to do in the webinar in the podcast. So make sure obviously to <laughs> listen to the whole podcast and then stay tuned for the end. And I'm going to give you a link to where you can register. And this is going to be live training you guys. And you'll get it. Like I said, you'll get a little bit of a taste of kind of what Christine does. Well, not kind of. She's going to explain it. And she helped me get clear on something. So enjoy the episode and stay tuned to the end so you can register for this week's webinar. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the WordPress Chick. I'm your host, Kim Doyle, the WordPress Chick. Yep, got another fabulous interview for you today. This is, uh, one, it's long overdue, and two, it's super timely because of what I've been spending a lot of time doing some deep diving. Um, I'm super excited to have uh, my friend and brilliant copywriting coach and author, Christine Sheehy, on the show today. Christine, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me, Kim. God, I'm so excited, girl, because I get to really pick your brain. It's like, I can talk to you at some times, and I'm like, now I can really dive in and like really pick your brain. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Um, and so just everybody know, uh, everybody listening, just know that I will have all the links in the show notes as always. And it's Christine Sheehy, S-H-E-E-H-Y dot co, C-O. Christine is uh, Skyping in from New Zealand, which is another, I just, I love that. We can just sit here and it's this crystal clear conversation and you're literally on the other side of the world. I know. It's crazy, huh? Yeah, totally. So, you know, what's funny is I was thinking about this. Christine and I connected through a, another course, Mastermind. God, what was that like three years ago? Uh, it'll be two years ago. Two years ago. Okay. I can't yeah. do math. Yeah. Because you, <laughs> Christine was actually living in the Barrie at the time when we didn't get a chance to meet in person, but she is back in New Zealand. Um, but yeah, this is, I just, this is one of the other things I love about the internet and how you connect with people. And cause there's a few other people. You're the only person I stayed in touch with. <laughs> from yeah, me group. too. Yeah. Okay. Good. Um, but you know, what's funny. I don't know that I ever have asked you this. So before we get into what you're doing today, uh, fill the listeners in on your background and what you were doing before you launched your business. Sure. Well, I actually started out my career as a lawyer. Um, I practiced for eight years, uh, but writing was always really my thing. And so alongside the law, I was doing freelance writing. I had a column in a newspaper for a while. I did some travel writing. And within my legal practice, I was always trying to engineer what I was doing so that I could do more of the writing tasks. So because uh, Laura is in many ways, it's about telling a story. It's about um, persuading somebody through the power of your words and um, and creating a convincing case. So that was always the part that I liked about it. 
And when I had my daughter, I decided that I didn't want to go back to legal practice. So I started to move into helping out corporate clients with their communication, with their copywriting. And a lot of that was using those same skills. Like, how do we present what you're trying to say? How do we portray your business in a way that's compelling for your, your customers? Um, so really it's about creating impact and, and showing the value that they bring through their business. So I did that for a while. Um, and I, I soon realized that what I really liked was not so much working as part of a big corporate machine, but connecting with the individuals within that business and helping them to see their unique skills, helping them to write articles for, uh, for the company magazine or guest posts for blogs, helping them to, wow, I sound amazing. And the thing is, they were amazing, but often you're too close to your own gifts. You're too close to your own work to really see the value that you bring. So I did that for a while. And then um, we moved to San Francisco, as you said, in 2013. And that's where I discovered the whole online uh, business space. And I was just really blown away by the people who were out there doing uh, really individual things with their websites, really setting up a blue sky business that suited their own strengths and their uh, their purpose in life, if you like. And I decided that I needed to dive in and start working with these individuals. And that's where we are. Okay. So let me back up. So when you say blue sky, do you mean like a blue ocean branding strategy? I mean, that, like, can you explain well, that a little bit? Yeah. What I really mean is that it, say you were an HR professional and then you went out on your own and you started really targeted in what you liked about HR, which might be, say, conflict resolution or it might be recruitment or whatever, whatever that element was that you loved. And you create your own business out of that particular skill set that's personal to you. And so it didn't actually fit with a job title or a job description anymore. It was something that you'd created, a little niche of your own. And then the difficulty with that is that how do you then explain it? If your particular business doesn't fit neatly into a box anymore, how do you communicate that to your customers? Okay, because I've never heard the term blue sky. That is just, I love it. Um, before we go on, I said there's a couple of questions from all of that. So first of all, uh, super cool. Did not know you were a lawyer. Let me ask you this, though, because this is, I think, as you've transitioned and started working, you know, at that point, you work with corporate clients, but you work with a lot of entrepreneurs now. Mm. Did you go through any, I don't know if I, I want to say necessarily a personal struggle, but I mean, to to go to school to become a lawyer takes a lot, right? There's a lot of time and energy and investment in that. And then to go practice, did you, was there any sort of struggle in that for you and saying, I'm going to give this up and, and I'm going to go in this direction? Yeah, it's really interesting that you should ask that because absolutely there was. And it's quite strange because I knew from fairly early into my legal practice that it wasn't really for me. I was good enough at it. I did a good job, um, but I just... It, it felt hard. It didn't really feel like it was natural to me. And I didn't like spending my whole my time arguing, which is, in, in fact, a lot of what I had to do was to argue, right? Yeah. <laughs> and that got a bit a bit tiring. And it never got easier for me. The longer I did it, it didn't become more natural just from time spent in the job. It always felt hard. So um, despite all that, there, I guess there's a bit of kudos that comes with being a lawyer, maybe. And I, my ego had to let go of that. Mm -hmm. um, to begin with, there was probably a lot of uh, wanting to know that my next venture was going to be a success before I made the leap. And that it's also about ego, isn't it? It's about showing my colleagues that, you know, I've got this other thing and I'm good at that too. So um, I don't yeah, need this law practice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't need this law, but I can still have a successful career. Um, and it's true, you can, but you've got to make the leap to do that. And so, um, yeah, at the beginning, when I first started out online, I did have a little bit of a hard time 
telling my former colleagues what I was up to. It's almost like I wanted to prove what I was doing, prove the success of what I was doing before I'd tell anybody. But that doesn't work, right? (laughs) No, because the truth is you got to show up to get it to work. (laughs) Totally, totally. You can't hide in a box and then expect everybody to come find you. And and I was also trying to kind of please everybody because in the beginning, there's this transition from doing corporate work to doing more entrepreneurial work. And so I had my corporate clients still and I'm making the move over. And so I was trying not to upset anybody, but... Again, that doesn't work because you can't attract the clients you really want to work with if you're worried about what the the clients you have now are going to think in terms of blogging and so on. It's just really hard work to be trying to please everybody. You just end up pleasing no one. So, um, yeah, it was quite a transition in the end. In the end, I actually had to just say, this is what I'm doing. I had to announce it. I had to um, lovingly sack some of my corporate clients And, you know, where I had feared maybe judgment or um, just that they wouldn't understand the space that I was working in, actually, they were all really happy for me. Several of them have rehired me in a new capacity um, (laughs) because they didn't really know the other kind of work that I was capable of. Um, or some of them have um, confided their own entrepreneurial dreams, and I've been I was, working with them on that. Sorry, I was about to say, I'm like, I would think that deep down, to be able to create a business and a lifestyle that suits this like innate drive in you, I would think, you know, I would think a lot of people were like, God, I wish I could do that. You may well be right. Yeah, there there are a few who did who did confess to things they'd like to try and, um, and I'm working with some of them now, which is really lovely. But it's, yeah, it just shows really that a lot of the judgment was in my own head. It was my own issue about letting go of, of titles and, and, um, uh, the professional success I'd already achieved rather than anybody else's issue. Yeah. It, it usually is our own perception, right? And it's, it's, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if, if, um, I've said this to you before, but it's sort of that new level, new devil, because I don't think it ever goes away, right? As you, as you step into this and now you've been doing this for a while and it's like each time you're ready to scale up or step into something new, it's like those judgments and those perceptions, those fears show up. You just have to keep moving. Yeah, that's right. I was at the Pro Blogger Conference um, recently and one of the speakers um, was saying that, you know, this all internet stuff is actually all still really new. And so whoever is a little bit ahead of you, they're still just figuring it out. And so it, it's going to be there for all of us. It's there for them. It's there for us too. So, well, yeah. And the beauty of the internet too is that because things are constantly changing and, and growing, there's, you're never going to be able to just learn it. And then go master it. It's going to be, you're going to learn it and get really good at one piece. And then it's going to change and Facebook's going to do something or all of a sudden this is whatever, you know, so algorithms change. How are you going with Periscope, Kim? (laughs) I'm going to have my first scope tomorrow. Oh, that's exciting. I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, I, I, which it'll have come and gone by the time this airs, but, um, you know, and that's something I've learned. And as we talk about the work you do with your clients in a minute that, you know, some of this for me, I've had, I had to learn. It was like, you got to just show up. You got to be all in and show up. And that's when things took off for me. Um, but I want to, I want to have you explain to the listeners what your business is about today. Like, you know, the work that you're doing and the work that you do with clients. So I've moved into copywriting coaching, which is really about helping entrepreneurs to express their ideas in a compelling way. And typically the people I work with are, they're either changing niche, they're trying to branch out into something slightly new, or they've had, like me, 
quite a, a varied background and um, they're trying to bring that together into a compelling and cohesive message. And so if you've been a real estate agent and now you're uh, a massage therapist, it's like, how do you bring those things together? How do you create that feeling of credibility and a, a track record, even though they seem like really different skills and different background? So a lot of my work is really foundational. It's around going deep into who you are, what are you all about? What's the impact that you really have for your client? What's the difference you're making in your life? And then how do we take that onto the page? How do we write that into your web copy? How do you start to take that into your blog post, your social media and so on? Um, so the copyright is almost the end piece of it, if you like, the all the foundations comes first. No, it totally does. And it's, I, I just, I don't know if you saw it. So I just wrote this post. And this ties into what you just said, because I'm like, well, maybe I just need to hire you to do this with you. Is, have you, you know, Dan Norris, right? Yes. Okay. So his new book, Content Machine. Mm-hmm. So my bedside type. Yep. <laughs> and this is, Amazon has to love me. I buy so many Kindle and physical books because then I'm like, well, now I need to see the page in the book so that I can write in it or get the whatever. Yeah. Or I need to hop in the bath and read the book. <laughs> well, yeah. I actually take my, my, my iPad in there, which one of these days oh. I'll probably regret that. But so, it's interesting because I, in reading Content Machine and and looking at, and I've always loved to create content, right? But it's it's all evolved. But when I was so conscious of the fact, reading that he didn't spend any money to grow WP Curve, I think he spent like 180 bucks once on ads, and it was all through content marketing. And because, like as we mentioned, you know, with the web growing and changing and shifting, you know, there's even a lot of kind of not pay per click experts, but I am guys that I've been following for a long time and I see them stepping up into content marketing because they're like, you know, the search engines are not going to want you to just spend, send traffic to like a squeeze page as an example. Mm. So this whole content piece, as you're saying this, because I wrote this post on overhauling the WordPress check. I'm like, I'm going to back up and look at what is my goal for the site and what is the content strategy? And I had never, Christine, like when I started, I was just, I fell in love with it and I just stuck with it. <laughs> happy accident. But, you know, from that perspective, when you're working with clients, um, you know, what are some of the common mistakes you see people make, obviously, besides having no strategy, but when it comes to writing, you know, for both their, let's start with their website first before we get into like sales copy. Yeah, I think one of the most common things I see is this um, struggle with how to be professional and how to be yourself at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I think that's especially hard for people who've come from a kind of a corporate background or any kind of job where things were done a certain way and you had to be a certain way in order to be seen as professional or, or capable. And then it, when it comes to going online and people say, well, just be yourself or actually it's not that easy to do that sometimes if it's not naturally the way you've operated in business. So. For example, I had a, a client recently who's, uh, she's a natural health practitioner and she, um, well, she's, she, her life really changed when she discovered surfing in her late thirties and it just became this incredible passion for her and opened up all these new opportunities. And she moved to a surfing town where there are two things that are really popular in that town. Everybody surfs and everybody's into natural health. So there's a huge amount of competition for her services. And she's like, oh, you know, I'm just not standing out. I've got this website, but I don't really know how to position myself. So we had a look at it. And the website has a picture of the lotus flower. <laughs> and it has, you know, the the lovely stuff about natural health and so on, but really nothing about her. And I said to her, you know, Where's the surfing in here? You're a surfing chick, you know, it's, it's incredibly important to you. She'd already said to me that a, a large percentage of her clients were uh, actually men 
um, in their 40s who were so had been lifelong surfers, which is actually unusual for her area of natural health to have a mostly male clientele. And, you know, a lot of her message was about finding balance and rhythm in your life. Well, I'm no surfer, but I can imagine that there's plenty <laughs> totally. of Yeah, right? Analogies between finding balance and rhythm on the wave, the moment when you catch the perfect wave, the search for the perfect wave, you know, all those things that she could bring into her blogging. She could bring into her web copy. She bring into her Facebook post. And it's really all about who she is as well as what she's doing. Um, and when I say it like that, it seems obvious. And it, in fact, was obvious to her as soon as I said it. But she was so sort of stuck in what it means to be a natural health practitioner that she hadn't looked beyond that to who she was. This is no, I'm sitting here just with a huge smile on my face because again, I, I think there is this perception and I've seen a lot of people, um, and having done websites for clients, right? And it's like there, there's always this struggle between the business and, and my name and, and not, not even just like what to call it, but like as you're saying, pulling yourself in in a way that's going to resonate with your ideal audience, right? And and how do you do that? And I, I think there's, you know, a difference sort of between personal and private. And you can, that's going to be a, a something that each person has to navigate, right? But um, my guess too is with her, did she start having more fun in writing content and showing up and what happened in, in shifting some of her writing? Absolutely, Morshan. I mean, you know, the ideas then immediately start to flow and she's out on her board and it's like, ah, oh. This is just like blah, blah, blah. You know, the idea, the ideas start to come when she's out there doing what it is that she loves and she's rushing back to the car to, you know, take the notes down and, and, um, and, and go home inspired to write a post instead of sitting there thinking, what do I blog about? How do I present myself? Right. Like what's, what's the next, you know, list post I need to write or who do I need? Yeah. yeah that kind of stuff that I, I, I don't think some of those tried and true, um, I guess I would say frameworks are necessarily going to go away. But if you don't pull you into it and come from this place of, like you said, absolute passion for what she's doing, it just all this, it's not worth reading personally. Yeah. It's, well, it's just like anybody else. You become generic, right? Mm-hmm. So you become like any, like for her, any other natural health practitioner in that town. Why would these 40 year old surfer guys choose her when they've got no idea from looking at her side that she can relate to them on this level? on this thing that's so important to them. So, uh, yeah, not standing out is a really common um, complaint with or complaint, a really common issue that entrepreneurs struggle with. And often it's because they're just, they've looked for their web copy and their website at what everybody else is doing and sort of modeled it off others in their field without thinking about what does my client really need to know in order to know, like, and trust me? How can I communicate that in a way that feels good to me and will relate to them as well? It totally makes me think of that. And I'm going to probably botch this, but that Dr. Seuss quote, you know, no one is you or the new. And uh-huh. it, it's like when you show up as yourself. And again, I think there's a way that which is what you do with your clients. And how do you take this to into your business in a way that relates to your clients? Um, yeah. You know, so on that note, I, I guess, you know, writing content in website copy, I, I, I'm in my head. This is all my thoughts, but I'm, you know, it's a pretty personal thing, right? And so mm-hmm. how do you, how do you see people getting in their own way when it comes to doing this? So you just gave a great example of her and trying to be professional, but are there other ways that you see clients who have a really hard time pulling elements of themselves into their writing? Um, I think, um, yeah, one other area I see a common struggle is feeling like you've got to be bigger than you are 
to have that credibility, especially when you're starting out or branching out into a new niche. So sometimes people will talk about themselves in the third person or uh, they'll say we um, when it's really when really we know that it's a one-person <laughs> band, right? Maybe with some VA support or other people drawn in it from time to time. But if this is all about you, if you are the face of your brand, then be the face of your brand and let your work speak for itself. Don't try and and pretend that you've got other staff there or something. It's, it's sort of in consulting type situations or something like that um, where there might be a lot of competition and you want to look like you're credible, I guess, substantial. And sometimes I see this happening. People have been doing this work for ten or fifteen years, so they've got the they've got the track record, they've got the clients and the projects behind them, but still they feel like they've got to be more than a band of one. Which it, it I was there too, and there was this big hesitancy. And it's funny, like I look back and I should I say this often. I should just keep a link at the bottom of each podcast, like my first post on the WordPress chick, and I was like, okay, what robot wrote that? <laughs> because it was. <laughs> Awful. Because today I write exactly how I speak. And I have to oftentimes catch myself from not sounding like I'm, you know, 16 and back in the 80s in high school or something. But there's, it, it's still that, that personality and, and showing up there that I just find, um, that's when things, if you show up where you're at, it's going to be more beneficial, right? Like it's kind of like that mm-hmm. fake it till you make it that I hate because I'm like, show up where you are is going to be more beneficial to the person that's maybe just two feet behind you. You don't have to be helping the person that's 10 feet in front of you. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's right. But I think you've also got to, um, you need almost need a third perspective sometimes to see where you actually are at and to celebrate that you are good at these things that maybe you don't give yourself enough credit for too. So there's a little bit of a balance between being honest about where you're at, but actually also celebrating what you are good at and being not being afraid to say that. God, that's huge. So what is, is that, that's some of the work that you do with your clients, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so that really evolved from working with people in a corporate setting and, you know, having to write their bio or help them do a guest post. And I, and I would say, you know, I describe what they do and their track record and they would be just blown away by the way that I wrote it because they couldn't, they wouldn't, they'd be too shy to say it that way. Um, and so it's really like getting clear on the impact that you bring. Often we get caught up in the what we do, whereas what really matters to your client is the change that you're going to make, the difference you make in their business or their life. So it's, I really encourage people to spend a lot of time going through their intake forms, customer intake forms, and looking at their testimonials or just talking to their customers. Like, what difference did it actually make for you when I helped you with this? And often it won't be what you think it is, right? I mean, the classic example is the weight loss coach. It's not that you lost five pounds. It's that you walked into your high school reunion feeling like a million bucks, you know? That's what it's about. It's that sense of confidence and and sort of joie de vivre, I guess, that comes from that, not the the pounds in itself. Well, it's kind of like where you're talking about helping them pull those accomplishments sort of into the bio. Like I think a lot of people think bio and it's like resume-ish, right? It's it's yeah. not got that story element to the journey that brought them to all of those pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, God, I love this. So, all right. So let me ask you this. So if someone has a current business and they want to sort of start over and <laughs> I feel like now that I just shared that post I wrote, this is not for me. Um, but I know <laughs> that, well, you know, it's funny and having done some coaching and clearly not on writing and what you do, but in with helping people with the business side of it, you know, I, as an example, like in having worked with a lot of web devs, right, where I I see that they don't even create content on their sites. I'm like, how do you help somebody 
with their website if you're not even blogging, right? And blogging's not going anywhere. It's content. The search engines want it. So if if someone's at this place and like we've got a mutual friend, Mary, who will I will be launching such she, she worked with you. And here's somebody who had a great business and was doing well and really stepped into pulling herself into a little bit more. So, you know, where would you suggest someone start besides working with you? Um, but without dumping everything they've created, like where would be, yeah. like, what would you recommend someone do to, to get that ball rolling? Yeah, I, I think it's really important to look at what you've done in your career choices and your life choices and try and find the connections between them, right? So, for example, I talked earlier about somebody who was a real estate agent and then became a massage therapist. And, and for her, what's underneath that is actually really about connecting with people. She loves interacting with people. She loves sort of helping them through a life transition or a life challenge. And so, um, although those things seem really separate, the part of the, the job that she loved was essentially the same, helping them through those transitions. And so it's starting to bring that in. That's what is really at the heart of my work. It's easing people through transitions. How can I do more of that in my work? So that helps you decide what projects you're going to follow next. But then also, how do I reflect that in what I'm writing? How do I blog about easing yourself through transitions? How do I um, show in my web copy that that's what I'm all about? That's what really matters to me. My brain's just spinning, so bear with me. Uh, well, no, because so, well, let's talk about this then. As again, I know, you know, obviously a lot of people, well, I would assume that most people listening to this have a website, right? Mm. So look at, take my site. I mean, I've had my site now seven years, right? And so this is the first time I, I, this is, I don't know if I should be embarrassed or not, but really I, I, I've had strategies with content in terms of really looking and going and seeing like writing about Genesis or Studio Press because that's where I was getting traffic. But there was never this overall strategy in terms of what I want to do. So like, what would you say? Here, I've got the site. I've got a brand. I write. I create content. But like all of a sudden, I'm like, I've got this massive overhaul that that I'm embarking on, starting with, you know, tech, basic cleanup stuff. But then the goal is about really having a solid direction for content. So mm-hmm. where, what would you, where should I start? Sorry, well, I'm totally putting you on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to go from what I know of your work and from our friendship. And the things that come across to me loud and clear about your work are that um, authority and influence are really important to you. And so it's it may have started out being about using WordPress to grow a business and then scaling and all those things. And they are an important part of where you've come from and what you still do. But all of that's leading to really using WordPress and other tools as a means to develop your authority and your influence. Is that right? Yeah, it's funny because the first thing I was like, wow, is my ego totally in this? <laughs> um, but, you know, part of it is it's the the authority and the influence. Yes, you are right. And it's showing up. I've, I've got mm-hmm. this real desire because most people that have either connected with me or know me, like I'm not a real shy person, but it took a long time for me to go just show up exactly as you are, where you are, be yourself, you know, so... There's a real solid drive for that and that level. And I know it's so overused and it sounds trite, but that level of authenticity that is showing up when you've had a bad day, showing up when you have a good day and celebrating those things too. So that's an element to pulling that I want to pull in more. So there you go. It's authority. It's creating that influence and authority through being your authentic self, through showing up as who you are, the good and the bad day after day. Is that 
That's totally it. Yeah. Which is why when we talk about Periscope, I'm like, okay, that means I'm either going to have to start doing my hair every day (laughs) or I'm going to have to show up with no makeup and a ponytail, which is probably going to happen because I just don't feel like doing my hair every day. Um, (laughs) I did see one with Denise Duffield Thomas recently where she said, yes, I slept with my makeup on and just... The periscope. So just own it, girl. I will. And you know what? I'm like, I, I pay for eyelashes now. So I, I feel much more comfortable just running around. I'm like, I don't have to have makeup on. There you go. There you go. Um, but that, that piece there that we just identified, I call that your golden thread. It's like the thing that's at the heart of your business. It's the thing that links together what you've done before, even though when you were doing those things, it may not have made sense as kind of a, a piece of a puzzle. But when you look at it now, you can see how all those things link together to this mission that you're on right now. And so when you know that it's, it becomes like a little test, like, okay, does this blog post help me to encourage others to to build influence through being them na- their natural selves? Yes, no. Okay. If it doesn't, how can I tweak it? Could I approach it from another angle so that I am bringing what I, my golden thread into this piece of work? And once you start to do that more and more, then your, your content will naturally flow in the direction that you want to go. You may lose a few people that are not, that's not their thing, but that's kind of good, right? Because you'll gain the other ones that are really interested in the work that you're offering now. Well, yeah. And the ones that you lose, it's kind of like unsubscribes when you get over the point and you start thinking, well, they probably weren't going to buy or weren't. It, yeah. It's it's just, and that's, that's a freedom in and of itself, getting that you're not everyone's cup of tea. Um, yes. But I think, you know, what I was thinking of too, is you're saying with the golden thread, like that is key. I, I may just have to put a sticky note on the monitor because it, it just made me think of sort of like as I'm writing and you start to learn how to use, say the Yoast SEO plugin, right? Like mm-hmm. I think after a little bit of practice, it becomes automatic. I'm like thinking, okay, do I have alt tags? Do I have heading tags? Am I linking? And I write for people, but, but I, you learn through that process. So I would think as you start asking that of yourself, like the golden is, is, am I showing up here? Is, is what I've done and what, whatever. I mean, outside of using how do you, how do you use a plugin? Because I will continue doing that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, but I think the more personal pieces after a little bit of time, it's just going to be the way you do it. Then I would, I would assume. Yeah. Yeah. Or when you're writing about the plugin, it might also be, wow, this is a great plugin because it helps people to build authority, right? So it can also come and it can be a practical how to useful thing, but it also works towards that, that other piece. Um, holy, no, I, your girl, I am like, <laughs> I, I feel like I'm getting this personal coaching. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, okay. because I was just, th- just with the plugin piece, like I started thinking about like, I'm more interested in teaching and in showing the marketing and business building piece of it. So th- it all ties together. Mm. Sorry. And when you see how it ties together and when you get how it fits into your puzzle, then you become more inspired to share that or you can find a new angle to share it or you just get excited about it in a different kind of a way. Okay. So let's, let's back up and, and, um, won't give any details on Mary since <laughs> I'm not asked her permission, but I'm going to marry, you know who you are and we love you. Um, but so she I took know- down her, um, her cover page today, actually. So there you Oh, go. she did it launched. Yep. Okay, good. So I'll make sure to link to this too. And, and, uh, I'll ask for permission and I'll add a little snippet at the end, but you know, I, cause I did some coaching with her on stuff and then I know you worked with her with, mm. with the branding and, and the writing piece of it. And I think she really, was like, God, I feel like I totally, this just fits. This just feels right. So, you know, from with her, now did she get rid of all of the content that she had already and start from scratch? I believe she did. Yeah. I mean, we may have, she may have used some of the content from her, uh, like her services and things that was 
reworked into the new way of offering her work. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, essentially, I think she did rewrite the site from scratch. Okay, so in doing the work with Mary, now, and I'm, and again, I'm not asking you to give away everything you're doing with people, but like you've got a framework, right? For looking at here's a new site, here's a new strategy. So where, what is required of the client when you're doing this work with them? Um, well, we do a lot of exercises in looking at, uh, looking at really at the value that you bring. So how is it that you help your clients and what is it that you like doing and where is it that you thrive and where are you, where are you struggling? Because often we end up taking on this work in our business and really doing it because it's there or because the client wants you to do it without thinking about the parts where you really, where you really thrive and what you love to do. And then when you're really clear on that, that's the part that we really bring out into your copy. That's the part that you want to be promoting um, and sharing with your customers, not the other other stuff that you just do, but really it, it annoys you. Um, because the more clear you get, the more focused you get on the work that you do, then the, the better the connection between the clients you're going to attract. Um, and I do think that um, for me, and I think for Mary and other uh, clients of mine also, that starting a business or relaunching an online business is a bit of a journey in self-discovery. You know, you, you think it's going to be this thing and then you get into the writing or you get into the web design and partway through you're like, oh, no, 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 wait, <laughs> that's not right. You know, it doesn't feel right. I've got to tweak it. I've got to go back and see um, see how it feels. I mean, you know, with my website, there were several, <laughs> several evolutions because I was moving through that process of trying to keep my corporate clients happy and trying to attract entrepreneurs, which was never really going to work. But I had to sort of try that to realize that I needed to make a choice and I needed to be clearer in, in the people that I wanted to work with. Well, yeah, I don't think that there's any way to get there without doing the work. Mm-hmm. Meaning like you, this idea that you can just come up with a brand and, and this map and this plan and it's like implement. Now we're done. It, just, it, it does yeah. not work that way. I looked at launching Kim Doyle as an individual brand, like, and I, the site's still up there and I still love it and looks and everything. But then I, I realized I'm like, I just am going to show up where I am because. There's no reason that I can't pull that type of writing into what I'm doing. And so, but I wouldn't have done, I wouldn't have known. It would have always been the grass is greener. I should go over and do this brand had I not gone through that and done the work. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so, and in doing that, like, I'll, cause I'll tell you, and again, everybody, I'll, I'll link to this after I talk to Mary, but in where she was and then the few things that she shifted after having done the work and having known her, I was like, nailed it. Like you guys just nailed it. It it so and I could hear the excitement for what she was doing based on the work you guys did to, did together. Oh, that's so cool. Thank you. I mean, yeah. it, it's interesting because I think, you know, we have um with the work that we do there's often like a vehicle and then there's the result. And so I love writing. I am a writer. I've done books. I I copyright I, I teach people to copyright, but in many ways, that is the vehicle. The result is the clarity and the direction and the sense of excitement and inspiration around your business and just knowing what you're all about and knowing what you want to share and then going out there and sharing it. And it, it, what it does is it helps you to really feel where you're different from your competition, you know, or your, the others in your field you don't necessarily want to call them competition, but you know, you can start to get everybody else knows what they're doing or she's got it all sewn up. But once you know what your thing is and what makes you different and what really drives you, then you can feel confident in your point of difference and you can go out there and connect with your customers on that level, on that, in that area. 
You know what that made me think about too is as you're saying that, I think as you get clearer and, and like where you said you're in your field as opposed to competition is it's funny because as I'm doing this sort of overhaul, I'm really doing a little bit of data analysis too. And, and I've always looked at my analytics and stuff, but really looking at what is driving people and, and what, where I'm getting the engagement or, you know, the posts and the, and the content piece of it. And it's funny because, so I was working with or talking with somebody about SEO and they're like, well, give me, you know, your top three keywords or your top three, um, not competitors, but sites like you. I'm like, there is nobody else like me. <laughs> and, and I wasn't wow. being right. And because my point is, it's like, I've kind of bent WordPress to do what I wanted, meaning like I, I'm not a programmer coder. I own that at the same time. I'm not just this aggregation of what's happening in WordPress. I don't just do reviews of plugins and themes and, and just blog. Right. So I've pulled myself into it. So I'm like, I, I don't know of somebody else doing what I'm doing the way I'm doing it. And that's sort of, that's how we differentiate ourselves today. Don't you think? Absolutely. That's absolutely awesome that you, that you know that, that you're the only one doing it like you, because then there is no competition, right? No one else can be. It took me seven years, Christine. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think part of it is I didn't yeah. look at it. And I would, I truly, I, I, when I say this, to, I joke around about the length of time, but it was, it, it was two and a half years ago when I launched the podcast. I'm like, I just need to be me. I'm going to do things my way. I'm going to have fun. I just have to start showing up. And so mm-hmm. I, I'm just saying that to listeners because it doesn't have to take you seven years. You could work with someone like Christine and get their way faster. <laughs> um, so with, with like the website, so in terms of, you know, again, and, and I'm only, cause it's only in the top of my head, but like, so where Mary started from scratch, I'm not starting from scratch. I've got content, you know, and my, I think the brand and, and my writing has evolved over the years anyways, but from a business perspective, like, do you go in and recommend, well, I would pull this off or I would, I would, do you know what I'm saying? Like, is there like a... Yeah, I do do um, a website, what I call copy makeovers, where I go in and have a look and make some recommendations. And often that starts with the about page um, because if you haven't updated it in a while, then maybe what you're trying to say or maybe where you're going is different from where you were before. And it's important. That's a place that people really go to find out who you are and connect with you. And so it's important that reflects what you're all about. Um, so often we'll start there. And that can be quite challenging for people, but there's, uh, we have uh, frameworks that I use and, um, I help them through it in terms of helping them to present themselves and helping them to see where their strengths lie. And then from there, um, it depends what they're after, whether they're changing their, uh, their services package. We need to look at that or whether it's more like, how do I get my blog more in tune with who I really am or what should I blog about? How do I know, uh, if this is the right topic for my audience? That kind of thing. Yeah, there's, there's a lot to it. It's, it's so fascinating to me. And yeah, my about page is like two years old, but the, the writing piece of the web today, and I, I don't know if my listeners are going to get tired of this, but you know, content, I, it's not going anywhere. And it's funny because I remember once I started doing a little bit of Facebook advertising a couple of years ago, I was like, God, I wish someone introduced me to paid traffic years ago. Mm. Well, yes and no, because the thing is I have fun creating content. I, I like creating tutorials and posts and doing the podcast and do video. I love doing that stuff. Can paid advertising get you there quicker? Yeah. But like, I don't enjoy it. If, if I could hand off my advertising to somebody, it would be done yesterday. <laughs> yeah. You know, at a, and something that is scalable from a financial investment place and not, you know, 
five grand a month, then your ad spend. But the, but the point is, it's, it's, um, you know, with the direction of this, and I just see it, you know, Joe Polizzi, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, you do. As I'm new to this guy, he's another copy person, just but I got his book. And so all of a sudden, I'm becoming obsessed with this. So I, I think like, my point is just with what you're doing and, and how timely it is, because I think, you're going to, this is my prediction. Kim has a crystal ball. <laughs> um, but I think we're going to see more people coming back to content, right? That maybe thought they could go in other directions. And I'm just going to give you a quick little example. So my friend Trey that I, I've interviewed and talked about Trey, they have um, a business in the gun niche, G-U-N. Um, right. Yeah. And they're not selling guns. They sell a bunch of other stuff. And they've got a continuity program. However, we're redoing their site and they're really stepping up their content piece and realizing like, okay, so huge database of subscribers doing very well, but all of a sudden from, and, and this is a niche, right? So I, I would consider this sort of more niche marketing versus, you know, an entrepreneurial brand per se. And sure. they're looking at how do we engage more with our audience? So they trust us. So they want to buy from us. So they're stepping up and they, these people spend $300,000 a month on ads, but they're looking at even in this niche, how do we write content that's engaging and people want to do business with us? Mm, interesting. Yeah. I was just, my point is just because I think what you're doing, like it's so needed. You know, what would you tell? I'm just going to ask, put you on the spot again. Um, <laughs> so like as an example, like here's, so if it's a business, let's say versus a brand, right? Where meaning, um, you know, like you don't have to pick the gun niche, but if it's, you know, where there's not a face and a name necessarily, but where do you start with content? Would you have them create a story? Would you like, like, where would you even begin with that? I, well, depending on business, I do like to have a brand story. And I think there is a way that you can tell your brand story without being all about you, um, without bringing necessarily yourself as an individual into it, but just, you know, what is it all about? What are you trying to achieve here? And who are you helping? Um, so yeah, I do think that's an important place to start. But then beyond that, it's like, what do our, what do our customers need? How can we help them? What's the thing that's going to be most useful to them? Um, and in the gun niche, I'd, I'd say I don't, <laughs> that wouldn't be my area of expertise, but, um, you know, maybe it's taking care of their guns. Maybe it's the best places to go hunting. Maybe it's, um, a safety. I don't know. Like what, are, what are the things that people are worrying about or, mm-hmm. um, or would like to learn, but they don't have time to learn? How can you make it easy for them to, to do that? Um, and you, you know, there's, you can actually ask your customers too. What is it you want to learn about? Um, and pay attention and like, again, I don't know if this is right for guns, but like in Facebook groups, what are people talking about? What are they sort of discussing related to your niche? I'm going to say niche because that's how we say it down here. It's all good. <laughs> um, <laughs> and um, yeah, we say niche rhymes with reach, not niche rhymes with reach. There you go. Um, <laughs> uh, I know I've totally lost my thread. But um, yeah, what, what are people, what do they want to know? And then take your content from there. Just keep, I think that customer intelligence is something that you cannot do enough of. And, and I have a spreadsheet that I'm, I'm working on at the moment that I'm going to be sending out to my list that will be um, how I track my customer intelligence on an ongoing basis. So every okay, girl, we got to do a webinar because there's just too many knowledge bombs here. And I think people <laughs> would be all over that. So um, I, I will make sure at the end of this, I'm, I'm going to interrupt you. So don't lose your thought about your customer yeah. intelligence to make sure everybody <laughs> goes to your site, Christine, get on her list because 
on one hand, it's like we can get some of this data right through mm-hmm. social media metrics and whatnot. But I think that the stuff you're talking about is more about the engagement that you go in and you look for. Yes, absolutely. And you keep and you track it on an ongoing basis. It's not something you do right back at the beginning when you start your business and then say, what are my customers' pain points? What are they struggling with? And then it's done. You've got to keep on coming back to it. So every time I see someone in a Facebook group going, oh, I'm just really struggling with a headline from my blog, or I'm really struggling with how to say where I went to school without sounding like I'm, you know, I'm an idiot <laughs> or, or <laughs> not an idiot. It's kind of like where I, without making a big noting, you know, without. Yeah sound like I'm, I'm full of myself um, or, you know, anything, any of those things that relate to my niche, I copy them and put them in my spreadsheet. I And then I have a, a series of questions that I sort of fill in and you start to see the patterns and you start to see this is where, where people are having um, issues. This is what, I'm, what I can blog about. These are the kind of products I can generate out of it. Um, and, you know, intake forms, testimonials are all really great for that. And then what you do is you can use those words in your copy. You use them directly in your sales page. Use them directly in your sales email so that your customer, uh, they feel like you're inside their head because you are effectively and not, if not their head, then somebody else who's had the same struggle. I, 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 I swear I feel like this is like a personal session. So thank you. Um, because it's funny. I was thinking about tweets I've gotten that are validation for the podcast, you know, uh, quite a bit or specific posts that I've written. And it's those ones where I don't know if you saw it, the one about um, the entire the entitlement of the internet and what it says about oh, you. Gosh. Yeah, and my video, right. And so somebody and I did that last May or something or April. And somebody shared it today. And she's like, this was so perfect. I hope you do more da, da, that kind of stuff. And and again, it's those more personal showing up and and I'm not going to get snarky with opinions, but just kind of taking a stance. And so it's, I, I don't know. I'm just sitting here thinking about those little elements. That's customer intelligence where I'm getting tweets back on specific content or, you know, I got a tweet once that said, I think you would be fun to have a pint with. I'm like, I would. I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> but the point is like they're resident. Those people that say those things to me, that's my tribe. Right. Yes. So, and, and I get that. And so, this, so go back to your spreadsheet. So you're going to be sending this to your list about how to collect this stuff. It's my system for how I, ca- how I keep this information and how I categorize it. So there's, there's different elements to it. And one is sort of tracking who these people are so much as you can. You can't always know too much, but sometimes it'll be like, uh, so they're a coach. They're uh, kind of in this age range or, um, and their, their struggle is this. And after a while you start to see, okay, so it's, uh, it's web devs that are having this issue or it's coaches that are having this other issue or you start to see the patterns and who's struggling with what. And then therefore, again, you can tailor your, your communications and your audience to the people who most need your help. Um, so it's, there's a few layers to it. And one is that sort of demographic information. And then the other is like, what are they actually saying and what categories do these problems fall into? What are the main struggles here? And then what would help them or what is helping them? to solve this problem. You know what I love about this is it's such a combination of, of bear with me because I, I, I'm even a struggle to find the right way to explain this, but it's a, it's a real solid combination of the, the personal f- emotional feeling piece that we pull into our businesses with a tactical strategy, right? Because sometimes that psychological piece, that's maybe what I'm thinking of, but because those things that people are really struggling with, right? And so realizing that it, that's not the stuff that doesn't matter. It's 
absolutely as equally as important. I mean, if not more so, but in combining it with, say, you know, numbers and data and strategy. Does that make sense? Yeah. And for me, I mean, it's always what I'm interested in. So I would probably always have said it was, I, I prefer to have the numbers every time. But yeah, I think it is, it is in terms of making that emotional connection. It is in terms of really relating and resonating to your audience. And also, you know, sales at the end of the day, it's, it's often an emotional purchase, right? They've got to feel connected and like they have a stake in this before they're going to want to push by. So the more you can reflect back to your customer, what they're feeling, what they're struggling with, what they need, the more they're going to feel like, yeah, you've got the solution to their problem. That is just gold. I'm talking about the golden thread, right? (laughs) But it's, I think what's fun for me is because first of all, I have really enjoyed addressing that piece in my business where when I, again, the, for a long time, it was like, what can I show somebody how to do something? What, what plugin can I talk about or what strategy or whatever? And it wasn't pulling in the, that emotional psychological piece, which is vital. And I, like, I think of, you know, Seth Godin, who is just brilliant and his, you know, really differentiating yourself. You have to pull you into it to, to stand mm-hmm. out today. That's the only way you're going to do it. You will not succeed trying to do it someone else's way. Yeah. And I don't mean strategies. Right. No. And, you know, that piece you were talking about with the entitlement of the internet, I mean, what, what you essentially do with that, that piece is that you're supporting everybody who's had that struggle where some customers like, Oh, I can't believe you're trying to sell to me. I thought you were just going to give me everything for free, you know, yeah. and that feels horrible when it happens to you. And so to hear someone go, you know what? That's not okay is really validating for the, that individual struggle. So you're helping them not only with the tech stuff that they need help with, but you're helping them feel like, yeah, okay. Yep. I'm not the only one who has this and it's okay to say no. It's okay to say I'm going to charge for my services and I'm fine with that. And yeah, thank you. And, and it's funny because you know what? As you said that, that stemmed from me seeing somebody that I respect stand up and do the same thing. And I'd link to him, Garrett White. And because he went off on somebody who complained about not having a new podcast episode. And his point was, no, I don't owe you anything. And but my just seeing somebody that is really standing in their own truth and space, who's killing it, taking that stance, because I think for myself for a long time, it was like, but again, I don't know how controversial you're going to get within WordPress, but, you know, really standing up and saying, this isn't okay. I'm done with this, you know, and, and putting a voice to it without, you know, attacking or whatever, because that's just not who I am. But it was powerful and it felt really friggin' good and it, it made me want to do more. Yeah. Well, and look, it's still resonating with people now. So maybe that is something you want to pursue a little more. Hence the Periscope. Not that I want to be ranting all the time. Um, so as we wind down, so what is one thing that you wish people would start doing when it comes to writing for their business? I, well, I, I, I sounds trite to say this, but it is sharing your story. You know, it is just sharing those. It doesn't have to be your whole life. It doesn't have to be airing your dirty laundry online. It's just sharing bits about how you got where you are or why you're interested in what you're interested in. <laughs> um, that can help your audience just connect to you. You know, one of my, um, one of my customers, she, she's a Reiki practitioner and, um, we were talking, uh, you know, about what she does. And, and I said to her, because I'm quite interested in Reiki, right? Or, or I'm all fascinated with of- it. I wish I knew somebody locally. Yeah. But I'm, well, you know, so she can treat people remotely, which is even more fascinating. Oh, totally. I've took you up. And, um, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm fascinated by the stuff, but I'm also kind of skeptical. Like, I, I kind of think it might work, but, you know, I'm not really sure how it works. And it's all a bit kind of 
you know, out of my brain sphere to understand that. And, um, and it turns out that some of her customers are like me too. And so I said to her, you know, did you ever have doubts about it when you're starting out? You know, and she's like, Oh my gosh. Yes. You know, I'm, I thought this is a, I'm, this is never going to work. And then within my first, um, her first training session, she was just blown away and she felt this complete shift in her energy and tingling in her hands. And she was just like hooked from this point onwards. And I said to her, so where is that story? You know, where is it? In your website, where is it in your blogs? You know, how is your customer who's feeling that same way? How are they going to know that you once felt that way? And this is what the result was. And she said, you know, it's funny. I tell my customers that all the time, but I never thought to bring it in to my writing. So tell that story, whatever that story is. Please go and tell that story. You've just given me like 10 post ideas. This is brilliant. (laughs) Oh my God, girl. This, and not to mention, I know this is an interview and I know you and stuff, but it's fun. This, it's very clear that you love what you do. And I would think that, you know, it's kind of reminds me of that sort of, there's no such thing as a selfless good deed because you feel good. Like getting, there's got to be, you know, and again, I know that's not why you're doing it, but how fun to see that connection piece when your client's like, Oh my God, or the, the surfing natural gal, like, Holy moly, this is what they do. Why aren't I pulling this in and connecting this balance piece? And, um, how fun for you too. <laughs> totally fun for me. I mean, as you say, if it's not fun, I'm not doing it. Amen. Um, <laughs> But also, I mean, I, I do see with my customers sometimes this reluctance to make money from doing something that they think everybody should have, right? Um, you know, one of my clients is a, a mindfulness coach and she has really struggled with that at the beginning. Like, oh, everybody should just have this. So I don't know. Maybe I should get it sponsored and give it away for free. And it's like, why would you feel bad about making a living from something that does so much good for people? You know, would you rather go out and sell them cigarettes? You know what? Well, yeah, I'm sitting here. I'm like, we all need food, but we still have to pay for it. And I'm, I'm not going to get into a political statement about it. Oh, that's true. But, well, I'm like, I didn't mean to go down that road, but I'm like, you know, you, you need groceries. You have to go pay for them at the store, right? There's a value exchange. And so this, yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you. And it's, it's interesting. And I would think that in, in more of a, I don't know if holistic is the right word, but in, in certain spaces, it's very challenging. You don't see anybody in internet marketing ever <laughs> struggling with charging for their products and services no. <laughs> for the, well, for the most part, you know, the people yeah. that are doing these crazy things. It's like, yeah, it's 50 grand a year to work with me and people just pay it. Yeah. It's also, well, yeah. And sometimes on. I think it's about valuing what you do as well. Yes. Like if you don't, yeah. you don't really, if you don't feel good about charging for it, then, you know, your, your customers are going to pick up on that. It's just the way energy works, right? So you've got to actually understand the impact that you make, realize that it brings value to their life and then start to just really be like, okay, it is worth something. This is worth my time. And doing something good doesn't mean you don't get paid for it. Like, why not get paid for the good instead of peddling cigarettes, you know? Right. And think of how many more people you can help because you have the financial freedom to to, to get your message out there in a bigger way. Like, you know, you're doing better. You can spend more money on ads or you have more time to create content or valuable products and services. So I, yeah, I totally agree. I I think that whole, that money story, we, we talked about that a little bit offline and, I think there's a shift happening there, but it's a personal journey for sure. Yeah. 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 It is. Okay. So lastly, well, actually I have one more question after this, but it's not necessarily business related. Um, you're like rut row, but <laughs> what is, so how are a couple different ways that people can work with you? 
Yeah. So um, I do uh, one-on-one sessions, which is where we do this sort of deep dive into what are you all about and what's your what's your golden thread. And uh, sometimes that's enough. People just need to get that clarity and that direction, and then they can go away. Um, I also do the <laughs> website. They go away. Oh, well, <laughs> well, they choose to. They choose to. I'm happy to keep them on, but you know, sometimes having that. Just that session is what they need and they're comfortable yeah. to go and go and write from there. Other people want um, either the website review or they want to go through and have the the uh, the coaching through the the writing process. And so coming up in October, I'm going to be launching a group program, a small group program where we go through this golden thread work and we go through rewriting it into your website and your blog content. And the reason it's a small group content, a small group program is so that I can do um, give individual feedback on what you're doing and help actually coach you through um, so that'll be, if anyone's interested in that, they can get on, jump on my list. And Well, is there, uh, maybe we could set up a early bird notification page or something. And so I yeah. will, it, it will discuss that. So everybody listening, just know that just stay tuned to the very end of this episode. So that if you're interested um, in, in doing the group coaching with Christine or, you know, I mean, get on our list anyways, yeah. because hello, I want that, that customer analysis thing. I, I am on your list. But yeah, there, there is actually another big page. I just need to find the, um, find the address. So we'll put that in the show notes when I pull up the right address. Yep. We'll put it in the show notes and I will put it. I'll, I'll reiterate it for those of you listening, like on your phones or whatever. I will make sure to mention it. I'll record the outro afterwards. So, um, this is truly the last question. So is there anything fun about yourself that you'd like to share that maybe people don't know about you? Oh, you know, this is always such a pressured question. That's fun <laughs> enough. What's fun enough for everybody? Ah, oh, I always like to share that I once took myself out of a minor hostage situation in Ecuador. I will stress the minor. I will stress the minor. Um, but I, I don't know how fun that is, but that's impressive. <laughs> <laughs> well, it just shows communications at the heart of what I do, right? So, yeah, I don't know. Ah, fun. Um, um okay. Well, uh, from my perspective, hello. What about the Harry Potter costumes? What was that you guys did for your <laughs> another Harry Potter fan? Just I have to share that. <laughs> oh, that's my kids. Yeah, yeah. They they we had to whip up the uh, the cloaks for the kids at home and Harry Potter costumes in a in a bit of a hurry. So that was my my one sewing wonder. Well, you've done a little bit of you know um, global living. That's that's pretty fun. <laughs> yeah, we have we have for the last well since two thousand and. 2008, we've moved country about six times, I think, so, which has not been ideal. We are settled in New Zealand now, but we spent a bit of time going from the UK to New Zealand and back and forth to the States for a bit, um, which was all good fun when my children were small, but uh, also really inspired me to want to have an, a global business, really, a, a location-independent business so that we could live wherever we live. And, um, and, and I have I friends all over the world. Now we have friends all over the world. Yeah, we do. And uh, it was actually, yeah, the, the whole time in San Francisco really opened my eyes to this whole internet business thing. Um, so, yeah, a lot to be thankful for about our little global travels. That's now awesome. I just happen to be on our own terms rather than at uh, the whim of my husband's employer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, and once your kids get into school, they're kind of like, can we stay put for a little bit? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's right. It does get more challenging. When they're babies, it was, it was fun to have new adventures. But now that they're in school, it's like, yeah, they've got opinions about where we should live. And, um, and yeah, so it's, it's, it's nice to be settled here. In fact, this morning before we, uh, this was kind of fun before I did the podcast, I went for a walk on the beach just five minutes from my house, just so I could kind of, you know, think about what I want to say. And there were dolphins right there. So 
right wow. there on the edge of the beach. So that was pretty cool. I didn't go in and swim because it was freezing and there were two women there who tried and the dolphins really weren't interested. So <laughs> I thought, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll wait and see. Send the dummies in first and see. If they <laughs> totally. Like, yeah, you go stuff. ahead and test that water. But, you know, I think it's a huge <laughs> testament to anybody listening with, with why we do what we do. And, you know, the... It's, it's just, it's the day to day stuff. That's what I have found so much is so rewarding. It's, it's the simple, like I actually had a hair appointment before this call and I'm like, so, part of me was like, dang, I gotta get my hair done because, well, not that someone else is doing it for me, but that I was kind of on a roll with work and I was like, Oh God, I'm like, wait a minute, but you've created your life in a way that you can go get your hair done at one o'clock in the middle of the week. It's, it's like, this is why you do what you do, you know? And so, and, and, Yes, walking on the beach with dolphins is way more interesting than getting your hair done. But I think it's it's just such a beautiful illustration about the drive behind why we do this. Yeah, for me, it's a huge drive to be able to just, we live in the country, we live in a small village by the sea and it's, we love it here, but there's no jobs here, right? So you've got to be, it's one of the things I love about living here is pretty much everybody is working for themselves because they have to. And that for me, coming from a corporate background was so refreshing as well, because all my friends from university, they're all in jobs, right? So it's quite a different mindset when you're an entrepreneur, but you know, we also have to have to do it this way if we want to stay here. I've got to make my own thing happen. And so that's a big driver for me. I love it. My drive is to get out to the country. <laughs> Three and a half years. Um, anyways, so Christine, think I love chatting with you anyways, but thank you so much for being here today. Yeah, thank you. It was a pleasure to come. I really enjoyed that. All right, everybody. So stay tuned and I'll have some links for you at the end of the show. Do you see what I mean? Like, how do you not just adore her? She's just amazing at what she does. And she's just super ridiculously awesome. Um, So and what I'm going to point out is if you are listening to this past the webinar date, which is Thursday, October uh, 15th. Sorry, I don't have my glasses on. Thursday, October 15th um, at 5 p.m. Pacific. That what I'm going to do is I'm going to make sure and I'm going to confirm with Christine, but that the the link that I give out during this the end of the show that you can either watch a replay, register if it's before then, watch a replay or get on her list or whatever, but it'll definitely go to something where you can connect with Christine. So the link is the wpchick.com forward slash Christine. And that's C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-E. <laughs> Anyways, you guys, as always, thanks so much for listening. I hope to see you on the webinar again, Thursday, October 15th, 5 p.m. Pacific. And it's going to be awesome. If, if you need help getting clear on bringing you into your copy and your writing, you are not going to want to miss this. As always, guys, thanks for listening. I love you tons. Have a fabulous day.